0: Hello everybody. My name is Mike Richard and I am the founder of Talk About It Mate. Um it is a community for people who want to connect and share with others, open up if necessary. And uh, this is our podcast. I'm the presenter of the podcast. And uh, this is episode four of the Talk About Me podcast. And I uh, had the honour and privilege of sitting down with Sonia, who is a a counsellor for adults and children. She's actually my counsellor. And we talked a little bit about what can be gained from counselling if you're thinking about having counselling or talk therapy. You know, what can you expect? Um, And it's a really good insight, I think. Give it a listen because it was great for me and I share my experiences and I do that because it helps me, yes. But I also think it provides insight to others as well. So, yeah, I hope you like it, episode 4. Hello and welcome to the Talk About It Mate podcast, this is podcast number four, so we're getting really into it now, Um, I feel like I kind of know what I'm doing, Um, yeah so let's get get on with it I suppose, it's been a pleasure to make these podcasts so far, thank you to all the people who have listened so far uh, and everyone who's contributed so far, so that's Paul, Chris, Lindsay, they've been excellent guests on the podcast. All those people who've supported me through doing this and keep telling me to do it, thank you very much because there have been times when they thought, oh no, but it comes back to if there's one person you can help then it's worth doing and I, I really do think there's more than one person. So um, I'm very, very excited today, uh, we've got a wonderful guest, welcome to Sonia. Hi. And how are you today?
1: I'm really good.
0: Are you a little bit nervous?
1: Um, I'm just cautious of being recorded. Absolutely. Once I get in the flow of it, I'll be fine.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, let me talk a little bit about what we do again. Uh, we are Talk About It Mate. We started as a meetup. Um, we have uh, some exciting things coming up, which I'll talk about later. Uh, but for people who've never been before, Sunday 28th of April is our next uh, free Talk About It Mate meetup um, at uh, Cafe Nero and it's a really, really good one to attend, and you've been to one before, haven't you? What would you say people would get from coming to that? Uh,
1: Well, I had no expectations, and I was a bit nervous, because I thought, I don't know anybody, and um, you're going to be really busy, so I'm not going to be able to sit next to you. So I arrived, and within a couple of minutes, I'd sat down and settled in, started speaking to people, and I just made my way around the table. Yeah. I think I had to push myself a little bit with confidence to yeah. think right, I'm going to move now and reintroduce myself. Yeah. But um everyone was really friendly. It was calm. And I actually was there about an hour and a half. I could have stayed longer. Yeah. So it was unexpected and really um welcoming.
0: Yeah, I I, I love doing them um because I meet so many new people and I think yeah. I'm quite a social person. And for me a lot of my my best friends uh, don't live in Manchester anymore like you know australia and london yeah. and you know like so for me i have a lot of friends now people who come back again but also love meeting new people so um if you want to meet me come along uh,
1: <laughs> i also think i expected people to talk about mental health issues more and that wasn't the case yeah it was just finding out about people's lives and general conversation yeah. but open to talk about that if if people wanted to
0: absolutely i think that's a really important point to make and mm. i think people are, jet, are really coming around to this now that it's not very miserable, it's not sombre yeah. uh, well, they're seeing the things that we're putting out there which is great and um, yeah I class this now as peer support, like now I've got a clearer idea of what we do and that we are just normal regular people helping normal regular people yeah. and I think there's a lot of things that could be done from the top down but you can't always affect that mm-hmm. so the way you can affect change is starting from the bottom up mm-hmm. um, and that's what we're doing here uh, and this is just an arm of that, so for people who can't come to a meet-up, that's fine, listen to something like this, mm-hmm. or because it's a way of hearing about mental health, and this is for everyone, uh, because mental health affects us all, and there's so many arms to that, there's so many parts of that, so um, I hope you get something from today, because this is quite an exciting one, uh, because to reveal, spoiler alert, um, Sonia's a counsellor, and she uh, is is or was I don't my counsellor, um. So it's interesting for me because I get to ask questions to her. So that, you know it's it's great. But tell us a little bit about what you do.
1: Um. So yeah, I'm Sonia. I have been qualified um as an adult and children's counsellor for about six years. I'm also a supervisor, which when you are a counsellor, you have to have supervision at least once a month. To make sure that you're safe and you can just chat confidentially with somebody that um, is ethically bound really. So I'm a supervisor, counsellor for children and adults. I work with families. Um, I mainly work with teenagers and I don't know how that's happened. It's just, I just attract teenagers. <laughs> um, but I end with working with the families and trying to bring it all together. So I work person-centred. Right. Which puts the client at the centre, um, but I am integratively cha- trained as well, so I do a lot of solution focus work and CBT work, um, because I really feel no two people are the same, so I try to mould my work around what the client brings. So that's a little bit about me.
0: Yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, it, it is really interesting, and like, from my perspective, I only know really about person-centred, because I studied it level Level 2 last year, and I started the level three, and Sonia knew it was actually my tutor. Um, but I didn't. I just couldn't carry on at that time. I think I'd taken on too much in my life, mm. which led to me going to counselling with Sonia. Actually, so um, it's interesting to get your perspective because I think what I'm trying to do here is get a range of different voices on the podcast, um, and I'm, I am working on getting different kinds of people on there. So I think that I will learn a lot, but everyone else will learn a lot from. What Good. you've got I to hope share? So. Yeah, so uh, just to kick things off then, because um, I, I love a bit of research. I've been <laughs> I've been uh, scouring them, some statistics. All right. Um, and just just to give an insight into things, and this is the game that I did last time called New Order, which I know you like.
1: Ah uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, you've got to put these um, four things in order. Oh god. Um, so these are, and you'll know more about this than me. Um, highest and lowest. IAPT APT referral rates in England. Right. What does that sound for? I-
1: um, Initial access. It's psychological therapies.
0: Yeah. For 2016-17, referrals for talking therapy,
1: mm. age
0: 16 and over, um, out of a 1,000 people, um, these four areas, basically. I'm going to give you four areas of the UK. So
1: the highest... Um, to the lowest. Referrals to the lowest. Yes. Yeah. All oh, right, okay.
0: Okay, I'll try to get... Areas that we both know, but also areas that are different to kind of spread it out. But So these are the four areas. We've got Camden in London. Right. Salford. Right. Walsall, which is near Birmingham. And Trafford.
1: Are they reasonably the same size areas? Because that would make a difference, really.
0: Possibly, possibly. I mean, I don't know if Walsall's smaller, but uh, I don't think there's too much difference. (laughs)
1: Okay, well...
0: Out of a thousand people, so
1: oh, back so it's out of a thousand. So yeah, but you don't need to know the number.
0: But if you put them in order by place, and I'll tell you right. how many.
1: Uh, well, I would say Salford's up there. Yeah. Um, I would. I wouldn't say Trafford possibly as much as London, but I don't know. Walsall so Yeah. Um. Site. Like I'm at you're the, on the right line. is lines. that like Birmingham way
0: yeah Warsaw's outside of Birmingham but yeah. it's a smaller place and I'll we'll come on to that in a minute
1: okay so I would say I would say Salford number one just yeah number one yeah just because of my experience of working in Manchester yeah. um, then I'm a bit unsure about Walsall I, I think that'd be quite low yeah just through awareness and I don't know number four is that number four yeah and I Camden Trafford, I think down south, maybe a higher need, um, but I'm not sure about the accessibility, so that's with Camden Trafford.
0: You've got it, you've nailed it, nail on the head, you've got them all right. Really? Number one, Salford, so these are the figures, 85 out of every thousand people, if you think of it from that point, that's very high. Very high.
1: But I actually think that's really low. Do you? Yeah, for the amount of people that need talking therapies. Yeah. Yeah. I I believe... So there's not enough being Everybody should access this at some point. Yeah. You know, the same way somebody would access any health issue. Yeah. So to think only 85 people out of 1,000, that's nowhere near enough.
0: And you think that's probably just those you've reached crisis point, isn't it? Yeah, like and that, What about those who need?
1: Yeah, and that's one of the things that I wanted to talk about today yeah. is that people's idea of counselling is that they go when it's really bad rather than yes. actually I'm just noticing a wobble, I'm just noticing things aren't yeah. flowing and need to talk this through with somebody.
0: I think that's what happened with me this yeah. time around and this yeah. is probably the, you're probably the fourth counsellor I've seen.
1: And if you can get it at that earlier stage, it's far more helpful Massive,
0: look how I've come on in, in six months. Like, I know, amazing. Yeah. Number two, Camden, 51, so there's a big drop yeah. off there. Yeah. Trafford, 49, but Trafford's a mixed area, isn't, yeah. it? isn't it? And Walsall, 13 out of a 1,000 people. And, but I often find, you know, the smaller councils don't always have the,
1: the services available. Yeah,
0: like I was reading, the hardest place, the longest wait for treatment is Leicester. Really? Yeah. The, like, yeah but then you can go like 10 miles down the road and that's why groups are really important, especially in areas like that. But um,
1: and also for, I would think Trafford is quite an affluent yeah. borough. How many people are accessing private services as well? Exactly.
0: Yeah. Which is another thing in this article that I read about people who can change councillors when they want in London, and they pay like for half-hour sessions. Really. I read it about it yesterday in the Guardian. It's a different approach, but she said exactly what you just said about people starting to take it in a different way, like come for just a little wobble and they mm. said before it's crisis point. Interestingly, age eighteen to thirty five, um, out of a thousand the figures change a little bit more. So Salford, who's got the long yeah I've said that one, but yeah. Salford hundred and fourteen out of a thousand people. So eighteen to thirty five. Eighteen to thirty five. That's interesting. Yeah. Trafford eighty nine. Mm. But then Walsall twenty one. So it's still low even mm. when young people mm-hmm. getting support. Now I don't know any people from Walsh but
1: And I don't think those figures are reflective of the true state of affairs.
0: Absolutely not, absolutely not. And and that's it just to give you an insight into where you live in the country can affect that. But if you can't get out, you can always contact people using social media or things for a good reasons. Um there are people out there who can share with you. and um, especially like Twitter and things like that.
1: Definitely. Yeah.
0: So just a general question, really, for those people who've never ever been before or thinking about doing something about their mental health, what can people expect by visiting a counsellor? Do
1: you know what? I think people's ideas are totally different to what actually happens when you come to counselling and it can be such a lovely, warm experience. You will only get out of counselling what you put into counselling. Absolutely. And. For when when somebody comes, what what to expect is um, to ask your counsellor and check out your counsellor and check the right for you. Yeah, of course. And you are more than within your rights to ask what the qualifications are, what type of counselling they do, how they keep themselves safe. Because you don't want counsellors that are just seeing people after people and becoming completely drained because they're not not fresh and helpful for you then. So interview your counsellor ask them and make sure that they're right for you and don't feel awkward doing that. Um, They'd probably
0: want that, wouldn't they?
1: Yeah, I want that. And I say, ask me and, you know, tell me what you want. And even after the first session, sometimes it's like, um, you might not be the right person for me and that's okay. Because it's completely non-judgmental. And that's another thing that they can expect. So it's non-judgmental. It's confidential, Mm -hmm. bar a couple of things. So if they were to say something that was causing serious harm to themselves or somebody else, Mm -hmm. or anything illegal, you would be bound by law to report that to your supervisor. But first session, they would go through, like, um, a contract. It's called a contract, but that's just to put the boundaries in place so you know where you stand, how long the session is, um, what you want from the session, um, the boundaries in the session, such as um, how many sessions to expect, how long will last, and, and that type of thing. Mm. And then it's over to the person. So the person might really want to be challenged or they may want to just talk. They may want to look at their, a timeline. Yeah. Um, there's lots of different techniques that you can put in place. But the best thing about counselling... And the thing that makes counselling really beneficial is the connection between two people. It's the empathy between people and that trust. If that isn't there and if somebody doesn't feel comfortable with their counsellor, they're wasting the money. And that's me just being really direct and honest. And if you feel that, talk to your counsellor about it. A good counsellor should bring that up if they're feeling it. Yeah. They should say, what is this? I'm not quite feeling that connection. And what can we do? What is that barrier? And that may be a pattern in their life that actually I get this with friends and yeah. family. So, And that's something then to work on. So it's it's about openness, transparency, yeah. honesty. Yeah. And if you are, I like to be quite a challenging counsellor. Yeah, I think so. But in a really safe way. Yeah. So people can come out of the session and think, Actually, I've made a difference there, yeah. You know, and I've got a little bit more of a direction, or I've got some movement. You might not necessarily move forward, you may move a little bit backwards when you initially start, yeah, but you will eventually start to see some movement. So, you should expect some reviews every four to six weeks from your counselor, and really, it's your session, so you're in control, and you need to make sure that. The session is based on your agenda. The counsellor shouldn't be leading. It's not yeah. the counsellor's agenda.
0: And I think that's what people think. And, and yeah. when I started studying it, and you see it differently, you maybe don't know that's happening initially. But uh, the thing that struck me when we did the studying was about you. being on a journey and that you know, you're yeah, you leading it, but they're with you.
1: Yeah.
0: And like, when you know that they are, then you do feel safe. I mean I, I, I obviously needed to be challenged I wouldn't have been I wouldn't have made that change in my life within a week to like drop out of studying something yeah. to then send a really long email to someone I barely knew and then show up like at your house actually wasn't it yeah I mean so you already knew me before but like that it was all a blur but I always look back and think when I do things that are a bit of a blur that's I'm not overthinking them I'm just doing it and it was, like my mum always says it's meant to be, but I, in a way, it probably was because I didn't think about it too much. I didn't overthink it. It just needed to happen. And yeah, I think all the things that you said about challenging were really important to me. Um, yeah, so obviously you deal with loads of issues. So I want to kind of give a different perspective if I can, because I know mm-hmm. that you know I have experienced depression, anxiety. And now, now I'm dealing with this attention deficit, mm-hmm. which I've, Sonia's been there for me as I've been dealing with that, but which I still don't know the half of, so if anyone wants to get in touch with me about that, absolutely. But you, what other kind of issues do you think are coming around nowadays?
1: Um, a big issue is PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, yeah. complex PTSD. Right. It really affects... A lot of individuals, especially younger people... Well, the people that I deal with have been younger, so I'm making that assumption. Yeah. Um, but PTSD can just impact people's lives massively. And it's so understated mm. um, that a lot more um, time and energy needs to be given to people with PTSD. Um, yeah. Trauma, people that have experienced trauma, yeah. which is obviously linked to PTSD... Yeah anxiety, depression, stress mm. and you think that people come to I think when you're training as a counsellor you can think oh my god I'm going to get all these people with massive issues I'm not going to be able to deal with it yeah. but when somebody comes to counselling hopefully it's at the stage where they are just starting to bubble and it is more low level yeah. things that you can discuss it's only then that the bigger stuff comes yeah. that has been buried for a long long time um bereavement is something else yeah. that I deal with quite frequently, yeah, especially bereavement of um the acute family members, yeah. so parents and children yeah um divorce um mm. and other types of separation, so abandonment, incarceration is something that comes up often with the ch- teenagers children that I yeah. deal with um Illness, disability. Yeah. Some that can really affect if we think about attachment disorder or our attachment styles, Mm -hmm. that is linked to every single person that I I deal with. And I would say most people, and this is making quite a sweeping statement, most people's issues come from parents. If I'm if I'm honest. In my experience, and I have a number of years' experience, it it goes back to the parent and the parenting style. Yeah. Um, and so I do a lot of work about what is that inner child and yeah. looking at a timeline. Yeah. And if there was if there was a, a chair there with a the person to speak to, what would you say to them? So a lot of going back to to where that person was and how they felt as a child and almost rewiring that brain from an adult perspective so they can see it differently.
0: Absolutely. I think that really hit me then when you just said that because I'm going to come on to about what... I'm just saying I have fully consented to talking about everything that was talked about in my own counselling sessions for the benefit of this podcast um, because I want you to kind of gain an insight. But this thing about parents... I think I punished myself for a long, long time for a lot of things in my life. Mm. Namely, being overweight um, as a child. Because I, I never wanted to blame another person. I'm, not, I'm that kind of person. I've never, ever wanted to say anything negative about another person. So I take everything on myself. So I'm, a, I'm not going to lie, my self-esteem was in the gutter years ago, but I'm a lot better now. But this idea of... I knew that at some point during counselling, and as like I said, this is the fourth counsel that I've seen, there will be some real, um, little bits of light will be shone on my past, but I did wasn't I, either I wasn't ready for it or it hadn't come up naturally. And I, to be fair, I didn't know it was coming and you probably did. I don't know. But uh, yeah, explain about this empty chair thing. I'm happy for it. Are you sure? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Um, so when you notice um certain words being used repeatedly or you keep going back to the same point in your life or the same story keeps coming up or the same person yeah. there's patterns there and there's patterns of relating yeah. and normally negative patterns mm-hmm. um and sometimes it's really good to have a conversation with somebody out loud with them not being there just so you can verbalize it and you can get that off your chest And yeah. you can almost hear yourself say what you want to say to that person in in almost like a practice way or yeah um just to, just to get it out there so when i was hearing what you were saying about the 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 person in your life mm-hmm. um i just felt like i wanted to hear what you w- what you would say to them if they were here right now yeah so what that does that takes away any emotion it takes away any potential argument it takes away any aggression it takes everything away other than mm-hmm. your feelings laid bare so you can say whatever you want to that person, with no judgment, no reprisals. Mm-hmm. So that was why I created that safe space for you yeah. to speak to that person in mm-hmm. the room. And I think, and we both agreed that yeah. that was the turning point, really, in your therapy, wasn't it?
0: In my life, I think I think that you know you feel like there's a weight holding you back. And for me, I like I never ever say what I really feel because I'm worried about a comeback. Like yeah like I don't like to get into arguments with people um I don't like conflict, but that so that I always taught myself that I was wrong, and the other people were right because I wasn't strong enough to say those things. And it's not about being right or wrong, just that for years, I'd repressed all the things that I really really wanted to say in general, and yeah, it started out just me talking, and then it just kind of then I just opened up and then I was like really I started to cry and like. I just couldn't believe what was happening to me as someone who's quite sensitive and open with their feelings anyway. But it was like, but then after, it did feel like a weight was lifted. And then I, I had to write it in a letter mm. and, and um, Sonia said, you don't have to give the letter. But then I just said like, again, this all happened in the space of a few days because I work in a burst. If, I, if it was on my mind, if I do something about it, I'm glad. And within the space of a few days, I just said, what's the point in writing this letter? and going through this process if I'm not going to then and yeah so you do get out what you put in.
1: yeah and uh, you know that works for you that might not work for somebody no, else no 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 so as a a, a skilled counsellor yeah. should be thinking and listening to the client yeah. and what is the client saying and just being that mirror and reflecting it back yeah a, a counsellor shouldn't ever put themselves on a pedestal and think they're no. any better than anyone else it's about empathy and reflection, and getting that depth, and if you think about, and I've said this to you before, if you think about a car, driving along, that's the story, a counsellor isn't, shouldn't, and isn't interested in the story, they're interested in the engine, what is driving that story, what's the emotion underneath, and how can you get that relational depth, so that's when, when you hear counsellors saying, how does that make you feel, hopefully they'll use different ways, of saying that, but they're looking for, people will normally have their go-to answers. Yeah. And you it's usually I'm annoyed, I'm angry. I'm yeah. feeling um anxious. Yeah. Right. So what's underneath that? Yeah. How does angry feel? So then when you mm. I'm quite a visual person, I like to draw it out Me so you yeah. can see it. Yeah. And then that's when it's actually, oh my God, I didn't realise anger was actually loneliness or... Yeah,
0: I felt a lot of frustration loneliness. Frustration yeah.
1: or sadness, deep sadness.
0: Yeah, that's when I feel the most anxious and, and just to... Like this weekend, um, so my fiance was out with a friend and like, I don't know, I had no one to see. I don't want to like, you get getting a little violin out here, but like... How was, I was that for you? It, Well it was really I, it doesn't happen very often nowadays because my life is a lot busier than it used to be. But it took me back to about three, four years ago when I was living in, in Italy and I wasn't you know in a great situation and I was on my own a lot, very, very isolated. So then obviously all these negative thoughts come in. Mm. And what I want to tell people is like I had to keep telling myself, even though like, I was a bit upset actually at the weekend, that it's not gonna be like that forever. Yeah. You know, my Sunday was very productive, today's been very productive. Like, you just have to ride through those things, but there are times, especially because, like you say, my friends are quite scattered and, I've you know, going through all these changes, but I'm still the same person that, that, that you know, I'm still that guy, like, that everybody knew before, but I think when the people see me, for example, sharing things about mental health, it's like they're treading on eggshells a bit around me They think that I'm, like, a broken person, and, and I can assure you that I'm not a broken person. You should see what i've done in the last five or six or seven months from that turning point there all the things that were holding me back i don't know i've just felt like i could take them on so the next session you know tanya asked me what my passions were and i said well i really enjoyed doing this group and i wanted to but i I was like oh what one day i'd like to make something of it because i you know wasn't very happy in my day job still aren't really you know so, now, I've, now, since then, I've been in overdrive, I would say. Mm-hmm. So, the next question I was going to ask, but let's rephrase that, is how can you bring about positive change in a person? Well, Once, from that point, what, what did you think you...
1: I was just going to say that, because going back to what you were saying earlier, what, what people bring to counselling, yeah. um, a, a lot, most, is confidence and self-esteem issues, yeah. and some people think, right, I'll go to a counsellor and they'll tell me what to do. Yeah. And that, it doesn't work. It's unrealistic. No, and I've been
0: in that position before.
1: And an hour a week with someone isn't going to change your life. It may be that point where you can um, express everything and get everything out Mm. and put some things in place for you to work towards, but it's you that's got to do the work. You be the change. You are the change. So how can you make positive change to people? Mm. I can't make positive change to people. It has got to come from them. And that is that it's called a self actualization yeah. process where you're working to be, and I don't like this phrase, but like the best version of you. It's I know. a bit cheesy. It is cheesy. But that is what we work towards when we start to reflect. So the best way you can do that, and the number one is just to be honest with yeah. yourself.
0: And that, that, that takes a lot, but...
1: Yes, and to be honest with other people. Yeah. And also to develop self-awareness. Now, some people, they think they're self-aware, but actually they're not very self-aware at and all. And they're sometimes
0: the people that you look up to, mm-hmm. like, I, I look at that now and I think, like, the honesty factor, like, after a session with you, I think the session that I broke down, I came back here, and my fiancé was here, and my dad was staying. Yes, And right. um, And me and my dad have gone on a quite a journey, actually, and he's not the most open person, but he's not, like, closed off like a macho man or anything, but, like... I just like fessed up as everything had happened and like and then some other friends came over some again a lot of my friends are scattered but yeah a guy i know lives in prague another guy lives down south came and i just told them everything
1: so how did it feel for you being honest
0: it felt brilliant because it felt that all i felt like everything about me was wrong for all my life and that i was like being punished that and it's hard because some of the people the closest closest people to me can't see mm-hmm. what I really am and they and but whereas these peripheral friends I don't say peripheral mm-hmm. friends but friends that I haven't seen as much Um and now the people who are like my closest allies because they completely get where I'm at and then I, I say in the last two months I've had three four friends contact me directly say they're struggling you know of like people who you wouldn't have thought mm-hmm. not really obviously mm-hmm. but why are, they coming, why are they coming to me?
1: Why do you think they're coming to you? Because
0: I, I, I've been on that journey mm. and <clears throat> I can do those things. And I think if this might comes across as me sounding smug, then I'm, I apologise. But doesn't. shouting about your achievements, and I've got this from the weight loss and the man be fat and everything, is really important mm. because that's how you start to validate yourself. Mm. Like, and you, self actualising. Like, I look at people I know and I used to think, like, everybody, it's that thing, you're an imposter, everyone else has got it going on. Mm. Um, but then I think, like, I've got all that, all of the success in me, but I was dealing, with, and I'm still dealing with something else. And, you know, I would think, like, I wouldn't expect so much, as much from them. You know, do you know what I mean? Like, if if they weren't dealing with the things i would been dealing with. Mm-hmm. So if, if you said to me, like, you name, like, a friend, oh, they they couldn't, they, I would expect them to do as everything they're doing whilst dealing with, whereas what I'm doing, I'm dealing with it, but and I'm pushing myself at the same time. But you said to me, just do it. But I am, I'm at that stage now where...
1: Those three words,
0: just do it. What's, but I'm at that point where we've worried, and that's what our first session's going to be about, which we'll talk about in a minute. Is it, is, is it legitimate worry? Like, you know what, I'm, and I'm going to say this now, I've not had one person troll me yet about what we've done and i know that i'm going into this world where social media not one person has has really said anything negative and i know that it will come which is fine but i need that's the thing i'm most scared about because that'll take me back a step one person said when i was planning my my meetings the well-being ones that's what self-help does but why can't we have more of this
1: why is that negative
0: though? Well, because I was saying to you, I took that as a negative, like, and I immediately jumped to the old mic of like, I'm not good enough mm. to do this. And even the most confident people, like I was listening to that James Smith podcast and he said he has imposter syndrome mm. and he's like this like bronze, God, ex-rugby mm. player who, like, is a PT in Australia. You know, everyone gets it, but then who else is going to do it? Like I, I, look at, I, I look at it and say like, these people are doing great things. But I I might do, I wouldn't do it that way. Mm. So I can't say, I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm just saying the, the reality is, if, if I'm going to say and th- think those things, why don't you not put your money where your mouth is, but I am putting my money where my mouth is, go and do it. Mm. Like, and that is scary. But mm. I, I think I know enough now, and I'm real enough, and I'm honest enough, to help other people,
1: but you're saying it's scary. But yeah. well, I'm sure there's some positive words, adjectives that it is as well. But you're choosing to say it's scary. Liberating,
0: it's liberating. It's like,
1: exciting. It's
0: very exciting. Like I'm. Yeah, energy
1: fa- levels have massively increased. You're enthusiastic, yeah. motivated. But you chose to say it's scary
0: because that's I'm still in that mindset. Yeah. But it, the the way I, for someone who had quite bad anxiety, I'd say mm. if I'd look at myself five years ago. I still get like that sometimes, like go to the supermarket or go to a doctors or things like that. I don't like things like that. Go to the barbers, I hate going for a haircut.
1: That's common that, you know. Yeah,
0: it's really, I just don't mm-hmm. like it. I go to the same guys because yeah. they don't speak that much English and they don't have to talk to them as much. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, you know, it's pushing, pushing yourself. I've lost my thread a bit there, but it's pushing yourself, but it is exciting. But it is
1: and people come and say that. How do we do it? How do we change? Tell me what to you do. You do it
0: your way, though. You've got to do I it your way. That. Like like that's what I'm saying. Like, I'll do it. This is this is my way of doing it on this mm. podcast. My, watch my YouTube videos, that's my way of doing it. And like I even feel like I'm not good enough to submit a vlog or a blog to to my mental because 'Cause I've you know and and I've looked for jobs in non profits mm. and, and charities and I've not really got anywhere and like I've got loads of experience, loads of expertise, a refreshing perspective on mental health from a realistic male focus. Like, I'm real, and 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 I need to say, you know what? Make make it yourself. That's where I'm, and you know you are the
1: change be the change
0: absolutely like i'm i'm at that stage now where like if someone said do you want to go on the radio yes i'll go because we've already done it once but like Mm. and if you want to go on tv yes i will not because like i want fame and fortune like i just want to make this what i do it it makes me and if this is what it takes for me to not be in that be depressed and anxious
1: yeah
0: then so be it Mm. like i don't think Mm. this is like a I'm waking up thinking I want to be famous. Mm. Like anyway, I think I've gone off on a thread there. But yeah, i I think Sonia said this to me last time. Stop trying to justify yourself.
1: Yeah, and, and I've listened to your podcast, yeah. and sometimes I think, oh, Mike, yeah, stop justifying yourself. Yeah, be confident because it's great to listen to you.
0: Well, that's it. When I when I get on one, like you've seen that. When I get on one, it's. um it's a good thing, but that's it. There's so many people I want to make connections with and do these things with. Because mm. I'll learn from every single person, but they can learn from me as well.
1: Yeah. But well, yeah. Going back about yeah. positive change, it's yeah. it's each individual. Yeah. We are the change. I am the change. You are the change. Yeah. Counselling isn't for everybody no. at a particular point in people's lives. Yeah. Give it a try. Speak to your counsellor. And if it's not for you, don't do it. But you've got to put yourself out there. You'll get out what you put in.
0: Absolutely. And that is, if you're not feeling a little bit of fear or, or something, you have to, that's probably a good sign sometimes.
1: Mm. Like, and it's about, it's all about the connection with your counsellor. Yeah, if it's a counsellor just thinks a, a little bit above themselves that it won't work for someone. Mm. You've got to be on the same wavelength. And if you want it... Be really genuine yeah. and just really honest.
0: If you want things to be exactly the same, then you... You wouldn't be, would you? You know. You,
1: well, if we do, if we always do what we did, we'll always get what we got.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but positive change. So you know, um, that's a that's a really good thing. Um, let me just quickly mention in our workshops because uh, I've got my poster here, which I need to put up. But we, we have secured a great venue in the northern quarter at Marble Beers, and Sonia will be with me for the first one, maybe two sessions, if you if you'll come, um, as like moral support and. Yeah, because I think for me it would be good to have...
1: I'll be there as long as you need me there. I'm looking forward to it as well. I I want to learn things from it.
0: I planned it yesterday and and it's it's like a mishmash, a pastiche, you could say, big words, uh, of um, CBT, personal experiences and interaction between group members. And I think so, it's a peer support network. It's
1: a bit of solution-focused stuff as well in there.
0: I, I think so, absolutely. And and the resources that I use, you may have seen before, might be widely available, but I think it's the way that they're presented to you. And I think that you, you can give anybody a task or challenge, but if you can't package that in the right way for them, then hopefully being a teacher, and I can bring that to it. Um, but yeah, the, you know, they're, um, different topics. The first one is worry, because I think that's very accessible for everybody. And I've just shown Sonia what I've come up with and I think that like for an hour session you'll be you know be kept busy, you'll be, talk, be talking to other other group members or people who show up and it's my my challenge really to make to make it good enough that you'll come back again. Because the more you come, the more you'll gain.
1: But it's also about people's attitude. Absolutely. If people come and think, right, tell me, tell me how to stop worrying. Yeah then, you know, they're going to go away with not a lot. But if, they're gonna, if they yeah. come with an open mind, I'll be going to the sessions yeah. with an open mind, looking forward to meeting new people, listening to other people's opinions, different ideas, mm. different techniques, yeah. and, and getting to know people as well. And just opening up and just working together as a group and talking can help immensely. And this is yeah. the first type of therapy, really. Yeah. is Well, it's talking to friends. It and is. just you know getting getting what you want out there yeah. so i'm giving it a go and i yeah. i hope to learn loads i
0: well, mean it means a lot for me to, that you're coming and i think if you are, like say if someone's at like absolute crisis point there are there's loads of avenues out there you know you can be signposted to that i think of the the point we're trying to make will keep on is early intervention in that like if you think there's just something niggling at you or bothering you um then this is what peer support is for, and there's lots of stuff out there that's that's free, which I've been running for 18 months. But this is because of the amount of material and time and effort that's going to go into this. You'll get you know, this five pound, but then you'll get refreshment, you get this toolkit, you get this opportunity, and I think think of all the things you would spend five pounds on.
1: It's well worth five pound.
0: I paid in London to go for confidence and self esteem things, and that that's kind of spiraled, and because of what I put in, I've got out. Like I'm a bit a completely different person in many ways, but um, I I just I actually can't wait. Like this is the proudest I've ever been about anything.
1: Oh, like, I'm really looking forward to. Yeah,
0: so I will grow, grow into. Thank you, i we grow into it. But like I'm trying to, you know, sell it to you, sell it to you. But if you've got any questions, get in touch. But come um, and see
1: us. Come and see, yeah, come <laughs> see us.
0: Yeah, so to tonight's venue as well. Um, so what? I'll leave this as an open question. But what are your next steps now in in with your counselling? Uh,
1: um, yeah. so I. Well, I, I work in private practice um, in Al-Shingen, in a village called Timperley. But I've just bought my own private practice, Yay. which I'm really excited about. So that'll be up and running in the next couple of months. So I'm just working out of an osteopath at the minute. Yeah. Um, I work at high school at the minute. So I work with families and, as mentioned before, families where the children have suffered abandonment, yeah. bereavement, incarceration, yeah. illness... Um, depression um, suicide attempts Yeah. so my work is on a huge spectrum so uh, going forward I really like the teaching side, I've taught the, the lower levels of yeah. counselling so I want to set up my own, well I've got my own practice but in my own house, my own place, Yeah. I'm looking to do some parenting courses yeah, um, yeah. I want to do some courses around anger and self-harm confidence um, my one to one work which I'm passionate about yeah. um, and take it from there really I was thinking and you have left it open yeah. for me yeah. to mention this I think you should well I really I'm, I'm really passionate about people what being good counsellors because yeah. there's lots of people out there who do very quick courses and call themselves counsellors yeah. and that can be really damaging to people mm. So what I wanted to do was, um, so I'm looking for, for somebody to volunteer, I wanted to set up a YouTube channel and call it The Naked Counselor and I wanted to do some counselling sessions, similar to what me and Mike have done, from beginning, middle and end mm. and run all the counselling sessions for people to listen to, yeah. obviously there wouldn't be any names used. Um and i would wait until the person's listened to everything and we've developed a relationship and i know that they're safe and yeah. fully consenting because i just feel that when you're training as a counselor you want experience you want to listen to a counselor but you can never get that experience because you can't go in a session with someone
0: yeah there are some podcasts but i listened to mm, a few but not I d- great. well yeah it takes a topic but it's it, i see what they're trying to do with that like what we're trying to do here But like you say, to listen to an actual session, it would be so much more valuable.
1: Yeah, and when I, so I supervise counsellors and they say, oh, I wish I I could be in one of your sessions because I'll get all my creative stuff out and I quite happily get on the floor with clients and we can draw stuff out and I use paint, I use clay, I use loads of different stuff. Yeah. So it just would be really good for, to do that on YouTube, so... I'm toying with that idea Mm. at the minute and obviously it would be free to somebody if they wanted to volunteer because I will be getting a lot out of that Um, but I'm sure they would be as well
0: and you just have like a picture in the background and you just hear the audio just audio you do Um, an intro to it
1: yeah and I would like the intro actually to be with the person as well yeah post the counselling but the intro be this is me of 10 sessions of counselling. I'm now 30 sessions in, but I want you to listen to the first That 10. would have
0: worked perfectly for what no, we did. Like
1: I, I don't know why I didn't think of it before. Well, that's it,
0: because I can talk, as you know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think the way that you unpicked it was quite skillful, because you let me talk, but then you zeroed in on the, the things that like, yeah. were weird, because there's a lot of white noise that comes out of my mouth. You and know, that like, is, yeah.
1: that's developing listening skills yeah that's a test (laughs) yeah and that is what I would really like to develop on the YouTube channel is to you know open it up to people and I would be opening myself up to abuse which is absolutely fine you know if people want to comment there's no problem I'm confident in my skills and my practice and I know it's safe and I know I I, mm, I bring on change for people yeah you do um so yeah so I've got loads of things in the pipeline it's really exciting but mainly it's just making a difference to people's lives and that's what I'm really passionate about um I don't advertise um all my work is word of mouth yeah and you know I'm full all the time so so something's going right
0: Yeah, yeah, that's it. And you're kind of, of, you're pushing yourself here, aren't you? Yeah. Just do it. Yeah, just do it. practice what you preach there, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's a good idea. I think you shouldn't have mentioned the name just because it's like, if it ever comes about, I don't know, it's up to you. yeah.
1: So I think, well, if if I do do it, it will be called the naked counsellor. <laughs> um, just because it's me putting my sessions completely yeah. out there, laid strip bare yeah. for people to learn from. And you know what? I might make a mistake sometimes yeah. and that's okay. But if people can learn from it and then contribute, yeah. you know, what, I, what you would have done differently. And, and I can learn because... Yeah. No counselor can ever say that the finished article. No no, no human being what's the can point ever in, say that.
0: If you're not learning then what's the point? Yeah. Like, I think the idea about making mistakes is massive, obviously. We both work with young people, different age groups, but this idea of and they go to different areas and they the growth mindset and they're giving up and you know that I can understand why, you know, lots of factors in their lives and I think that brings us nicely onto the topic of young people mm. because um We've got some statistics here for you. Then we're going to get into our like kind of last bit really. Okay. But um, did just just anyone can find these? But like um, seventy five percent of mental um mental health issues start before the eighteenth birthday. Mm. So you know this is why and I'm a
1: lot before ten yeah as well
0: and I've been primary trained I think what's the point in wasting that I've already got that under my belt in the future I'd it's love to three go 3 in. in
1: every 10 in a classroom yeah and I would actually say it's more than that oh, in some certain of the cases, areas it. anyway
0: absolutely and it's just a way of getting them to get that out 50% uh, of problems in your adult life take root before 15
1: We'd I think in add. my
0: case that's definitely the case Um this is from YouGov and MQ really good charity oh, yeah. yeah really good Um Ten percent of school children have a diagnosable mental health condition mm-hmm. uh the, the this is the average wait for effective treatment is ten years, so in that like if it's not been identified you know what I'm saying like from yeah well, cause you so if that's spotted really really early and that's, that's reduced, what I do
1: loads of work within high school yeah. That proactive work, especially with boys, yeah, especially around feelings yeah. of group work. And also one of the main things to do with children is to help them understand what's going on with the brain so they fight or flight response. And um, so the children can actually recognise. Lots of children yeah. think they're ill
0: yeah.
1: and they think they're poorly yeah. because they've got a tummy ache or they feel sick or dizzy yeah. or the chest is pal palpitating palpating whatever it's called yeah. and actually it's anxiety
0: yeah and i i, I would have felt that all through oh. my teens and i just wouldn't have been able to but what i do know about are two things oxbow lakes and parallelograms which have come in really really useful for the rest of my life um <laughs> anyway
1: uh... <laughs> yeah but that is the children you know some they think they're gonna pass out they think they're gonna die they think they're gonna stop breathing but actually they're having a panic attack yeah. And that is getting younger and younger. Self-harm is getting younger. and uh, With children, one yeah. of the things that I find is most prevalent is this need for instant gratification. Yeah. So children will want something now mm. because they have the internet, they have access to everything. They can yeah. put something in Google, they get it yeah. now. They They think <coughs> of a question, they don't have to research it. They can get the answer yeah. now. So what's yeah. happening is they are not developing their social skills their communication skills so when it comes to interviews for college or even yeah. the dating game yeah. they've got no skills and then, then so yeah. they'll come to me the yeah. parents will send them for therapy yeah and they'll say you know what's wrong with me yeah and it's that they want that instant gratification why am I not like this
0: and people aren't talking in general I know we're called talk about it, mate. but adults even as well you don't Call people on the phone anymore, do you? No. Like, and I'm terrible for that. So for someone who's got even a little bit of anxiety, it's too easy to not call people because there's too many avenues yeah. to do it, isn't there? And it's like you're saying, young people they don't know any different. Like it's we were the compelling. last generation, my generation of like before, and then all this technological change. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of I'm kind of grateful in that I can hold a conversation and I even can.
1: something as basic as Apple Pay. Yeah. Takes away paying in a shop, yeah. getting change, having yeah. that conversation, um, ordering a takeaway. And yeah. this is the type of work that I do with parents. Yeah. Because they will they'll leave the children, the devices almost become a babysitter. Oh, absolutely. And then they the, the parents say, Well, what's wrong with my child? Why have they got anxiety? Why are they self-harming? Mm-hmm. Because they're just sat in the bedroom, they're not experiencing nature, they're not experiencing conversations. But then they want everything now.
0: It's the need for strong parenting in that situation, yeah. because you've got to book the trend there. Like, well, i see it from parents, you know, from supply work and stuff like that. Why do you not any more homework? And they ask the teacher and they'll say like, oh, do parents want more homework? And like, oh, it's because. <laughs> i'm not naming any schools here but um it's because they want more homework so the kids can sit at the table and they don't have to actually like Mm. do anything with them so there's more time i mean that's just one one take on it like i'm not a parent so people might be telling me off for this you are a parent though and you can see it can't you
1: i am and things like messy play is really important baking with your child going out for walks even having a pet yeah, you know, And um, with my pets, I bred and had puppies, so yeah. my children went through the whole experience of looking after a pet and then saying goodbye to the pet. They need that working around loss. You know, I work with lots of parents where they have experienced bereavement, and they will say, "Oh no, the child can't come to the funeral." You know, and it's just really they try to protect the children yeah. and they want to rescue the child, but they're not exposing them. Yeah, it's to part life. of life, isn't it? Like yeah. I think
0: sometimes I just think. I'm surprised by the lack of toughness sometimes, and I know that's completely mm. not... what you say. Toughness. Yeah, like, but you, I, I go to some areas where I would think, like, hang on a minute, like, I'm not from around here, like, these people, like, mm. salt of the earth. And then, like, some of the things the kids come up to me with, and I'm like, and I'll go to an area, a very affluent area, and, like, a kid's, like, really hurt himself, and they're not... You know, so it's, it's you think it's these stereotypes, but I think... There's a lot of in the in, you can't change society, and that's what I've told myself, You can't. You can you can make change.
1: We can just be the change. Be
0: the change. Yeah, that's what I'm does But
1: mm-hmm. I
0: know there's there is a sense of entitlement, and and like you said, you get out what you put in it. You've got to take that that action, but don't feel like it's a daunting thing. It's one thing at a time to change your life mm-hmm. if you're overweight or you you know you, to self actualise and improve. It's just a little bit by bit, isn't it? But the, the young people thing is, before I go off on one again, the young people thing is massive. I've got some, like, more statistics here. You have to basically say, I, I was looking for a witty name for this game, higher or lower, basically. Oh, right. All
1: like, right, play like
0: cards, right? a cards, right, yeah. So if 75% of mental health issues in young people start before 18, so 75. Higher or lower, percentage that believe that anyone they're aged, diagnosed, would be embarrassed? Higher. Lower.
1: Oh, really? Good, I'm glad it's
0: lower.
1: Yeah,
0: 51%. Mm-hmm. Higher or lower? Uh, report having a mental health problem of one type or another.
1: What percentage?
0: Higher or lower than 51
1: Oh, right. Report what, sorry? Having
0: a mental health problem of one type or other in young people. Um
1: I reported it. Ooh, reported? Yeah. Lower?
0: Lower, 27%. Yeah. So that's your number, 27. Yeah. Uh, right, yeah. I'm getting the <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> just higher or lower. <laughs> what percentage believe anyone their age would be treated differently for disclosing?
1: 27%.
0: Higher or lower? Higher. Higher, 56%. Yeah. What percentage believe they would lose
1: friends? Then 56% yeah. if they was to disclose they had yeah. a mental health issue. Uh, probably higher
0: slightly lower right. 55%. Uh 55%. What percentage of female students are likely to say that they have mental health problems
1: higher than boys?
0: Higher than boys but higher alone than 55.
1: Oh, then to disclose it. Oh, it's a tough one because It depends what it is. And um, I would say it's around that so maybe a bit lower.
0: Lower 34 yeah. and then males about 8 19 apparently. Um, finally, big question. Um,
1: then Is this 19 now?
0: Yeah, 19. The percentage of people who would recommend this podcast to others.
1: Oh, 100%. <laughs> so you can call that Play Your Stats Right. Play Your Stats
0: Right. See, this is it Play Your Stats Right. Um, gets people talking. All about
1: ideas. Yeah,
0: right. Um, that's kind of everything that I wanted to cover. Um, just going back to peer support and what we do. I'll give you, I don't know, 60 seconds to kind of sum up what the benefits are for somebody listening of peer support.
1: All right. Okay. Put me on the spot. Yeah. Right. So peer support will benefit because it's honest, it's non-judgmental, it's empathic towards others and it's low key and it's as intense or as not intense as you want it to be. Yeah. But it's really important and it's that first if you think of a hand coming out to shake your hand it's that first bridge to getting um, support and it's vital it's absolutely vital so if you haven't got peer support as in friends and family reach out to peer support where there are people there that won't cause harm yeah. that will be friendly that won't you know um judge
0: you yeah because it's because of empathy isn't it like I think if you've Had something happen yourself, then you have kind of in a better position to understand.
1: Yeah, and lots of people um, get a little bit confused with empathy and sympathy. And they're very Very different. different. And empathy, I just imagine as walking side by side with someone with my arm around them. Sympathy is me saying, oh, I feel really sorry for you and I hope that's okay. That doesn't help anybody. Not really. It's nice to have a moment of friends sometimes, but when we're looking for that peer support, yeah. it's that arm around someone and listening. Sometimes not even saying anything.
0: Well, that's it, and I think these battles that people are going through are massive. Like I listened to a lot about it, but like if you had a physical injury or even if you had something really mm. terrible like cancer, mm. like you know, did. It's, very, it's accepted, like, you know, you, you'll you obviously get a lot of... I empathy it's difficult if you've not had cancer, but you'll get a lot of sympathy and, and you right, rightfully should and people will be there for you struggle. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not comparing the two. I don't want people to get angry at me or anything. But, like, if somebody, for example, takes their own life, like, you know, if someone, you knew someone where you... I'm trying to word this in a delicate way. If you knew someone who was going to die, was terminally ill, like, you'd have time to say goodbye um. You you know, whereas if somebody you've hear that somebody has taken their own life, for example, um, then there's no there's no it's very sudden, it's very you wouldn't even know. Like and that's what I'm saying, it if, if you can see the illness that someone's got or the problem, you know? Whereas it's it is an invisible thing.
1: It is and I'm actually just writing a course yeah. on suicide. Yeah. Um, because it's something that I'm dealing with being exposed to a lot lately either suicide ideations or the impact of suicide on families yeah. and friends um and it's something that can completely ruin lives not just of, of the the person that that wants to to die yeah so it's really something that needs talking about and hopefully um I'm going to get that course up and running in in a month or so because I just think it's really important yeah
0: absolutely and and let us know about anything that you want us to share or like promote or anything like that but yeah obviously not to end on that note but I think it's important that I think it reinforces the message that just talking getting something out is better than not
1: yeah because if we suppress it it will come out in another way
0: yeah exactly whether that's
1: you know anxiety or back pain or psoriasis or generalised anxiety disorder stress yeah it will come out in another way and
0: next time you come on and if you come on again in maybe six weeks or whatever we can talk about that that physical mental connection yeah. because i think that that's something that we could talk a lot about
1: yeah, yeah? definitely. well okay. thanks
0: thanks for coming round.
1: you're welcome and, uh, i enjoyed it having a brew
0: here in the kitchen yes. <laughs> uh, i really enjoyed that one Me and um, see hopefully I'll see you all well-being wednesdays 24th of april and <laughs> let's talk 28th of April. Check out our meetup page. Goodbye. Bye. Adios.